You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Temporal anomaly detected on Earth 2017. Is it the doctor? No, it is a human using the number 42. They have the ultimate answer. They are having civil discussions about television, film, comics, books, and video games. Where is the fan rage? This is a threat to the Daleks. We must exterminate them. Humans must be hostile to each other so that the Daleks may rule supreme. Exterminate. Exterminate! The 42 cast. Bad for Daleks, good for humanity. Hello, and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show Podcast. I am your host, The Monster, back to give you another week of sci-fi news. So, not a very big podcast, but it's very hefty in topic. So, we have some news about James Bond for the new James Bond movie. We have a new director. We also have the passing of Stephen Hawking, which I'll talk about that. The big news for this week is that Toys R Us is now going to be out of business. So let's look at what made this all happen. Well, for starters, you can say that traditional stores, brick and mortar stores, are struggling to stay in business against giants like Amazon. And you can also argue that other brick-and-mortar stores like Target and Walmart also to blame for the downfall for Toys R Us. You can argue that to be a point, considering the fact that when I grew up, I was a Toys R Us kid, and yes, back in those days, you would go to the actual toy store. It was a destination that many of us would go to. It was, we have to buy a present, go to Toys R Us. I got money for allowance, I want to go to Toys R Us. In this day and age, we have a lot more options to get the exact same items. But the problem lies is that because of that kind of competition, if I go to Toys R Us, which I often do with my co-host, Mr. Gene, we kind of look around the toys, see if there's anything new or catches our eye. And there are many times in which we never buy anything. We're just there just to look at toys. But on the rare chance that there is something there, take out my smartphone and I do price comparison. If I can get that item online, or some other competitor for cheaper, so be it. Now, it's not the internet's fault that Toys R Us is out of business. This is what happens with competition. This is what the free market is all about. Is that in order for you to attract your customers, you have to have something that the others do not have. So in this case, if everyone has the exact same action figure, 
the price is what's going to be different. But that's not the end and be all to the problems that Toys R Us was facing. The main problem that I'm taking away from the downfall for Toys R Us losing over 700 stores and about 33,000 people losing their jobs, it's due to private equity firms. Now, I have to brush up on my business background, but private equity firms basically buy companies and hope to resell it based upon of a higher value and make a profit. So that's not a big problem, right? Well, I was listening to NPR earlier this week, again, around the exact same time when this was going on with Toys R Us, about iHeartRadio and its troubles with their investor group. How it was explained to me, which makes sense, is that I have a group and I have a couple of friends who want to invest in buying this company. So, if this company is going to be worth $20 billion, and I ask my friends to kind of contribute, we don't have to pony up to $20 billion to buy it. We can put in a small portion of it, right? Get the rest from a bank, put that loan into the debt of the company that I just bought, making the company responsible for the balance of that loan. So if you're looking at to sell the company, if you can sell it above the price that you bought it at, then you're going to have to do a little price there. The problem lies is that, just like iHeartRadio, Toys R Us was facing losses in revenue. So that's the problem in which the debt that these investor groups put on the companies of their own, because they didn't want to include a whole lot of their own money to buy the company outright, is really the downfall because you have the stiff competition and you had a lot of stores that were up and running that were actually profitable but because of the amount of debt was so damn high whatever revenue you generated basically went off to pay the debt so it's no wonder that this is happening so not just to Toys R Us, but also to iHeartRadio. So with iHeartRadio, you can argue, well, traditional radio is not going to have the exact same audience like it used to because now there's internet options or streaming services. Yeah, but when you saddle yourself with so much debt that was not put on you previous to the purchase, you can reinvigorate your company to be bigger, better, badder. Because Toys R Us went into bankruptcy back in September, I believe, to help negotiate all this debt. You know, it happens with a lot of companies. Borders at one time that I used to work for went to bankruptcy and with the hopes of coming out of it more structured and better able to manage its debt. And unfortunately, Toys R Us, like many other companies, are going to be out of business. The other part of that, 
which is really, really freaking annoying, is that there are, I believe, 17 executives that are going to be getting what is referred to as a golden parachute. They're going to get a divvy up of $14 million to $17 million as a payout for meeting a certain threshold in sales, which happened last December. How is this possible? Well, a judge approved that based on whatever contracts these people had, they're subject to getting that money first, as opposed to helping everyone else who's also losing their jobs. The term golden parachute goes all the way back in the first instance was when back when Howard Hughes had owned TWA Airlines. The creditors for that um, for the company wanted to kind of move Howard Hughes out of the way. So they kind of made an offer to the CEO to kind of make it so that if there was any kind of change going on, that he would be protected either with a job or an incentive package to help mitigate what was going on. Hence the term, the golden parachute. So if another company came in and bought TWA, you would not have you would not have two CEOs. You will have the one who is buying become the new CEO for both companies. So the old CEO will be out the door, but they would get that golden parachute because it's in their contract. Now it comes to the point recently, since the the big crash back in two thousand eight and nine and so forth, that these golden parachutes, these high payouts are basically severance pay. But they really are excessive to the point of disgusting. Sure, you can only limit it to the maybe a rate of two to three times the rate of pay that this executive may have earned, but they're already earning an, an enormous amount of money to begin with. That's what sucks. But because they have that contract, and because the judge has now approved of that, that is what's happening. It is unfair. Unfortunately, this is what we have. It, it blows in so many ways, and it stinks to high heaven. And unfortunately, there are things in business that I can appreciate, like having a good free market. But many times, situations like this when you have loopholes, whether it's a CEO or a high executive contract to get them a golden parachute, or having a private equity firm pile on the debt of their loans to the actual company that they're own as reducing their, their own risk, which I really don't like that. So, oh, so, uh, it's sad that this is happening and it's not going to be one of the many things that Mr. G and I would normally do on our days off, visit various Toys R Us stores, 
Again, not so much to buy, but it was just more of to see what kind of toys there are out there. And unfortunately, you know, my toy collecting days are over. I still want to have more board games, so the only bright spot about this is that there will be liquidation sales going on soon. We'll have another 30 plus days left before the store closes out altogether. So let me know what your thoughts about that because again I I know about all these different terms and how it seems it's unfair but unfortunately there are laws that protect companies and people in this situation and it it's not fair but it is what it is right now so hopefully if there's enough outcry from the public maybe things can change so in the future, things like this will not happen to other companies. All right, so now we have the next bit of news in which James Bond, number 25, is going to be done by director James, James, by director Danny Boyle. So Danny Boyle, if you are familiar with his work, he won an Oscar for Slumdog Millionaire, and he's done Train Spotting. He had also did a movie called 28 Days Later. So if you know that, that was a little gem that came out in 2002, which was kind of like, it was an interesting version of a zombie apocalypse. So really have gone to appreciate what he has done. Now, I have done in the past with my wife, the a podcast basically of all the James Bond songs. And did one for male, female, pop, and ballads, and another one for band. So there will be a link in the podcast for that. But now that we have a new director for the next Bond movie, I do want to make another podcast to talk about the James Bond movies themselves. So eventually, I will be talking about each incarnation or each actor's number of movies that they did review them and kind of give them a ranking and find out within each actors which is the best James Bond movie and then overall what is the best James Bond movie of all times leading up to James Bond number 25. So since Danny Boyle is going to be busy this summer with a new movie we're not looking until 2019 the earliest for this to be filmed so figured 2020 will have a new James Bond movie. However, <laughs> aside from Daniel Craig, my thing is that, and I've mentioned this before, so if you've not heard this before, good. If you haven't, if you have, I am so sorry. Daniel is a fine performer. I liked him enough in a movie called Layer Cake. When I saw Layer Cake, based upon the news that he was going to become James Bond. I saw that movie. I liked what I saw. I'm like, okay, I'm in. So that whole Casino Royale, the first movie, I gave the opening scene a lot of likes because it was kind of an updated James Bond doing parkour, basically. Really fun stuff. After that, basically, it kind of dwindles down a bit and really comes to like 
a real screeching halt with this long ass card game. Now this is supposed to be Bond before Bond. Okay, I get that. But even then, I was just really bored out of my mind. And then we have the sequel to that, which is the only real sequel called Quantum of Solace. It didn't get any better. Except that Daniel Craig got his nuts. <laughs> they sat him in a seat naked without a bottom to the seat. And they had some kind of slingshot that they would whack underneath the chair. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I really felt bad. Like, I didn't like him. But I'm like, no man should ever go through that. Ever. So, aside from that one scene, I can forget Quantum of Solace. But the movie that made me happiest is definitely Skyfall. Skyfall is amazingly good. Not just like good for Daniel Craig, but I think it's high in my list. Again, I'll do that podcast later on and talk about what's the best James Bond, but it's high in my list as being a very good James Bond movie. Once we put those two crappy movies aside, Daniel Craig became James Bond in my eyes. He had humor, he had action he had heart so maybe that's why I was not liking the first two movies because he really didn't become Bond until the third movie but regardless Skyfall worked on so many damn levels and unfortunately Spectre kind of went downhill the opening sequence fantastic and for Christopher Waltz being the heavy or the, or the main villain Blofeld I didn't think he was a great Blofeld and having his behind the scenes trickery being the orchestra of all of James Bond's pain just kind of felt really flat for me so it did amazingly well in the box office but that's only because of the success of Skyfall so I'm not saying that it's a great movie. I'm just thinking that people just went in thinking, I love Skyfall. This should be good. And I'm sad to say it wasn't in the least bit. But in any case, we'll talk about in the future where the franchise should go to in order to stay current and possibly reinvigorate the franchise as a whole. All right, so lastly, let's talk about the passing of Stephen Hawking. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've read everything this man has done. I've barely read A Brief History of Time. However, because he was on Star Trek The Next Generation, I appreciate what he has done for science. So, he's also done cameos on The Simpsons and, of course, Big Bang Theory. In his own right, he became amazingly popular because of who he was and what he wrote and what he thought. It's amazing to me that because he was suffering through ALS, 
and we have the ice bucket challenge. How I think we're not close to a cure, but we're going to be at least a lot closer now because of all the money that was raised. That if he was born in our time, and he was diagnosed with ALS, would he be the still the same Stephen Hawking without having that disease crippling his body? Well, if there was ever going to be a bright spot about all of this, is that because his body basically was shutting down, it allowed him to think. His brain was still functioning. That's all he can do. So, to have that kind of focus that allowed him to explore this, the universe in, in a very unique way. So, he is no longer suffering. He is among the stars. But when you have someone that is as smart as he is, you can only help to aspire to that level. So, and it doesn't have to be on the level of you're a rocket scientist or an astronomer, but whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you can always do it better. You can be that master of whatever that is you're doing. So you become that expert. More to the point, as I've done in the past, every time there is a death of a famous person or someone that I admired, I'm always worried about my own mortality. So the only thing I can say about the situation is that we are on this earth for a very short time. And for right now, we can only say we only have one lifetime. So make the best out of that life. Be kind to everyone that you meet. And just try to be gracious about what you have and not about what you don't have. So, All right, so that's going to be the end of my podcast. You can always email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com or follow me in the various social networks. So again, thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.